It came from Gen X. <laughs> hey, welcome everybody to It Came From Gen X. I am Keith Porter alongside my dearest friends in the world and my co-hosts, Michael Skinner and Brian Fisher. We are, oh my gosh, what are you doing? You're scaring the crap out of me, Fish. <laughs> <laughs> Just put a, a cup with some kind of skull up to the screen. It's anyway. a skull crossbones with a beard. Welcome to another another September edition of It Came From Gen X, the show about life, particularly world news, pop culture, music, and sports through the eyes of Gen Xers. We like to talk about um, the way we see things, the way we grew up, a little nostalgia, a little bit of history, and of course, the dichotomy between us and millennials, uh, Gen Zs. And we also talk maybe a little bit about uh, things, uh, baby boomers. They might look at us a little bit different, you know. So we hope you enjoy the show. We appreciate you, all you wonderful people in Germany, all you wonderful yep. people in Ireland who've been listening to the show. Yep. And we say welcome, welcome, welcome. Fish, what is happening, my man? Guten Tag. So, uh, yeah, so some of the some of those folks, the uh, baby boomers, uh, might be looking at you a certain way as well. Thank you. Hey, I'm booming with the yes, babies. Thank you very they much. They are. Thank you very much. So <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I'm doing well. You couldn't well, so wait, right? You had to nope. get that in right off the rip. Nope. And again, these are, I, I want to be clear. Sweet ladies, we are not, listen, if you're an older person dating and you're trying to... It, I'm not making fun of you, okay? It just it's amusing, it's amusing to us that Keith is being hit on by seniors. That's it. Nothing wrong with it. It's just amusing. Now they're that's lovely. All, that's they're all lovely. I mean by the the lovely lady, lovely ladies. Very, very honest, straightforward. It's it's really quite beautiful. Some of the texts that and you know, things that Keith has shared with us. What some folks are looking for. It's very very sweet. So that that's yeah. You get some insight. You know. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Anyhow, as you guys know, I was adopted. And uh, my biological name was Hogan, which is Irish. So I have the, the clover hat today. I've, I did the 23andMe uh, for the DNA. I don't know if you guys have done that or if you've heard of that before. You send in your saliva and you get results for your DNA. And over time, the results can change as they build data, right? So oh, okay. Makes sense. When, I, when I first got it back, I was over half British-Irish. Of course, you know, I guess it makes sense because my biological last name was indeed uh Irish, my biological mother, but it's changed now. It's uh, so now I'm over half German and French, mainly German. Okay, so you know, ironically, we've noticed as you just pointed out, Keith, we've seen uh, some clicks and a couple of listens in Germany. Yeah. And yesterday, I went to Ali and I with uh, my lovely girl, girlfriend went to the Oktoberfest locally in uh, uh, Brimfield in this area, in Northeast Ohio. Had a great, great time. We had authentic German food. They had authentic German Polish type music with the polka yeah. and the band. And uh, we had big beers and German right beers and, and all that stuff. It was terrific. So great, great day yesterday. That's good. So I, I know, have I, I newfound German roots. Go ahead, please, Keith. What? I was just going to say I did that whole DNA thing. And yep. I came back and said you're 110% Negro. Stop yes. searching. So I, I'm, right. I'm there good. You go. There you go. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. That was, What's going on, baby? They say 99.9% .9 accuracy. Not with you. That was 100. Uh, hello, fellows. Hello, uh, audience. It's uh, nice to be back another week with you guys. Uh, always cherish this time. Uh, a little bit going on with uh, our house, which we talked about in the pre-show. I won't go into it on the show, but... Uh, Prayers are needed for my family. That's for damn sure. Uh, but yes. other than that, we're all healthy, uh, doing well. Kids are in school, thriving, the adults. Um, but uh, like I said, with a little scenario we have going on, I do ask prayers from unspoken prayers from the from our Gen X group. And um, Absolutely. This, this show must go on. Absolutely, brother. Yep. Absolutely. Um, prayers we all need. Well, it was good to see you. Um, unfortunately, I spent about a week in bed um, with a terrible cold. Um, I think I got it from just not sleeping, um, and my body wore down, and uh, it was pretty, pretty bad. Now, my mom's suffering from it really bad, but uh, she's a little bit better today, so uh, I am excited about some things happening in my life. Uh, 
and uh, excited to be here. And we got some wonderful stories today. Some of the stories are a little bit heavy on the heart, but nonetheless is what we do here. And uh, before we get into those, um, Bears, tell them where they can find the show. Thank you. So real quick here, you might be listening to us on WMVU.org, Global Internet Radio, Mondays from 78 p.m. Eastern Time. You can listen to us whenever you want to on demand on your favorite podcast platforms, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Uh, Wherever you listen, uh, we would appreciate giving us a subscribe. So as we publish new episodes, they will pop up in your feed for you. Uh, If you're listening on Apple, rate and review the show. helps others uh, find us. Uh, We are on Many social media platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. You may find links to all those uh, platforms in two main places. Our Linktree account, just Google Linktree. It came from Gen X. And our Linktree profile page will come up. Nothing to log into. Just simply links to those profiles and everything I just mentioned to you. And the main one now is our new website it came from Gen X, all one word, dot WordPress, one word, dot com. So it came from Gen X, dot WordPress, dot com. All show information is there, all links. We post links to all new videos and uh, podcast episodes, uh, promos, stuff like that. And that's, that website will continue to grow as it evolves over time. So we give us a like, subscribe, a share. If you like our stuff, we appreciate your support. Thank you. Yes, we do. Thank you, Fish. Um, Friday, I did get some unfortunate news. Um, and unfortunate is not a good way to put it. Actually, heartbreaking news. Um, a dear friend of mine who at a time was uh, closer to me than my own brother um, passed away. Um, young man, too. Um, he was a little bit younger than me. And uh, he was a member of my church for a while. And uh, he was a lot bigger than me. But uh, he called me Big Brother. I called him Little Brother. Uh, He went by the name of Prophecy. And uh, some people might know that name. He was an MMA fighter. uh, Very good. He was a bodybuilder. He was a bouncer at some of the local area establishments. And uh, he's the only man I ever cried over. Uh, That's how close we were. He had to go away. Uh, spent about a year in jail, and uh, I drove him to turn himself in, and and I cried because I love this guy so much. We were so close at one point, and uh, it turns out he started he stopped the fight at a bar, and got injured in that fight, and uh, was in ICU, and they had to have surgery. Some sort of complications happened to the surgery, and he passed away. So. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, pray, yeah, prayers out to his family. He has a young son by the same name, and um, just send our prayers out to them. So I had to Absolutely. say that. Yeah. So Absolutely. anyway, uh, moving on, guys. I gotta say this before we move on with Skinner uh, with some world news, which is a very, very, very uh, deep subject. But I want to say something very, very important. Go Steelers! Yeah, mm. baby. <laughs> man oh mm. man that's for another mm. show at another time mm. all right okay <clears throat> anyway he came from gen x uh wait a minute first of all fish did you not get the memo for the dress code purple purple yeah i guess i guess i did not i wore a scorpions retro savage amusement cover in part one of my to- favorite oh. albums by them and yep. it is the worst recorded album they have ever done yeah uh, the- if there's ever an album that needs to be re-recorded, it's that one. I don't know what they were thinking. The volume is so low on it. Uh, the production is low on it, but great songs on that album. Yeah, this was a tape. So back in the day, me and I mentioned Jim Cunningham several times on the show, one of mm-hmm. our old friends, my old friend. That was a tape I bought back then in the late 80s, and we all we went cruising around in my car. Always had that tape. Always, always, always had Savage okay. Amusement. Yeah, so. Uh, and you wa- talked about the hat already. Yeah, talked about the head already. So also Scorpions a nod to our German friends. Yes, yes. Uh, as well. So we yes. have it there. Yes, it was yes. one of our favorite bands. Yep. And if you ever get a chance to see my band, Rock Generation, um, our singer Steve Russell was in a Scorpions tribute band. Nice. Does him excellently. Uh even speaks quite a bit of German. Um now Skinner, I can't see what yours says. The shirt. Um it's it says I have two titles, Dad and Papa. 
and I rocked I'm glad I see both. titles because I thought it said something else. I'm like, yeah, nope. How else many would you have? <laughs> I have two names, Dad and Papa, and I rocked them both is what the uh, shirt is. I know is. that's right. Excellent. So, with my Mickey well, Mouse uh, tribute uh, okay. hat today. Well, nothing on my shirt, but this, this hat, of course, is near and dear to me. Um, this is a Mountain Union Raiders hat. Uh, had given it to me by my son who graduated from Mount Union. And uh, I don't wear it very often, but uh, when I do, it means a lot to me. So, that being said, world news, Skinner. World news. Uh, yes. Uh, September 11th, 2001. The question is always <laughs> asked, where were you? And um, there's a song from Alan Jackson that says, where were you? Um, if anybody's ever heard that song, he wrote it just and performed it the next day at the Country Music Awards show. Um, no more than a week after the nine one one tragedies uh, in two thousand one. Can um, I say something? Yeah. Not to try to get too deep here, but I think the question is asked: Where were you? Because whoever you were. At that moment, that person, when that happened, wherever you were, that's where you left that person. Because I don't think yes. anybody was ever the same after that. No, absolutely not. I, I, I don't want to go too deep into it because uh, we could be talking about this subject for this hour and probably three more. Um, I was just had dropped off Michael at uh, elementary school and Brianna and Chelsea were in preschool. And they went to a, a head start, so I had to drive them a little ways out from where I lived in Kenmore. I was coming out along the Kenmore Lake Expressway when they I was listening to sports radio, and the DJ on the sports radio show said the trade something just hit the trade centers in New York, and I panicked on the highway. Had I couldn't get home fast enough, and when I got home and saw what was on the news, you're right, my old self was left there on the Kenmore Lake Expressway in Akron, Ohio at 8.56 or eight forty six in the morning that day because it's never been the same. So with that being said, we had the 20-year anniversary this past uh, Saturday. A uh, lot of heavy hearts, a lot of heavy, you know, a lot of, a lot of everything. Uh, a lot of reflection. And I didn't re just reflect on that day back in 2001. I've, I reflected... And I did a lot of that on Saturdays, where we've come since 2001, where we are today. Where we are today and where we're at in 2001 seems like eternities. This country, this nation, and I don't want to get too much political into this, mm. but this nation, this country needs to get back to September 12th, 2001. This nation needs to get back and get back to where we were then picking ourselves up, dusting ourselves off, and kicking ass. And I'm not just talking about in war. I'm not talking about fighting. I'm talking about kicking ass, looking up for other people, and doing what needs to be done to not only survive, but to prosper. And that's been lost. That's been lost over these years. You can pinpoint it. One's going to say it's the Democrat. The other one's going to say it's the Republican. Mm -hmm. The other one's going to say it's this. One's going to say it's that. It don't matter if they're black, white, purple, green, or blue, whether they're Republicans, independents, or Democrats. Everybody's at fault where we're at today. And I'm getting a little pissed off about it, and I apologize, and I'm going to go ahead and back off and listen to you guys talk. But 911 hurt me badly. As a military veteran, I just had retired out of the military. And I actually placed a call the next day on 9-12-2001. They did not want me because, <laughs> I don't say they didn't want me, but there was too much for me to get back into the military yeah. at that time that I could not do what I was had a calling for all those years. So 9-1-1 is a real, really touchy, heavy, dark, deep uh, thing for me. And then to hear... Afghanistan pulling out, or we pulled out of Afghanistan in August. Add that to the mix, and it's just a, yeah. all sorts of uh, triggers that I just don't want to get into. But I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about that. I wanted to get out, you know, kind of where I'm coming from, and to see where you guys are coming from. See if you have any disagreements with what I've said, because I know I've said quite a bit in this uh, three or four minutes. Wow. 
Vish? Well, I remember that day I was uh, I was getting my very young daughter. This is so uh, she turns twenty one tomorrow. Actually, her twenty first birthday is tomorrow. Oh, great! Yeah, so she was just a little teeny baby in a stroller, and we were getting ready. My parents are picking me up to go take her to the Cleveland Zoo, and I was getting ready to leave, and I just happened to have the TV on, and I saw that plane hit. And at first, it's like, wow, you think it's a a terrible, terrible accident. And then as we were driving to this, you know, then things transpired. And it's just stuff that was, uh, I'm sure we all felt that way with young children. It's like, well, you know, what kind of world now are our poor kids coming into where, you know, something like this can happen? It was a very strange day. Went to the zoo and it were closed, and, you know, which is no surprise. And then we had just kind of stopped and had dinner and talked, my parents and, and, and I with a little, little, you know, little baby Peyton. Uh, and what you said is, you know, very impactful, uh, uh, Skinner. So yeah, at the, at the, you know, you're right. It was very, it was a very, it was a terrible, terrible tragedy. And it seemed like it took that way to feel unified there for a while and patriotic. And there was all kinds of, of all the death and destruction of things that came out of that. Mm. There, if, if, if there was anything positive, maybe that was it. And you're right. And it's, it's 20 years later, it is, you know, we're a very, uh, broken country in many respects like you say it's it seems difficult for our leaders on both sides of the house to come together and unify to do what's some good things for the country like you say you could go in arguments of whose fault is whatever but you're right i, I tend to feel the same way it's just it's just that you know to me it feels like people just it's more about just keeping power and votes versus trying to come together and do some good for the country. What's quote unquote good? Certainly, everybody has their own opinion on what's good or bad for the country. I get it. I get it. I get it. But uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely a, a different time today than it was uh, than it was uh, back then. So um, I don't know. So I, like I said, I share a lot of your sentiments, Keith. What uh, what do you think? Where were you, and, uh, and what do you think about everything? Okay, uh, before I answer that, um, folks in the uh, pre-production meeting that we, we have before the show starts, um, we go around and ask uh, each other about uh, what stories do we have. And when we asked Skinner, he said, I got one thing to say. He goes, 911. And that's enough. That's it. And Fish and I immediately knew what he was saying. And that's because you could talk about this. Our three-hour show wouldn't be enough. There's so many angles right. uh, to address this. Uh, Skinner alluded that he wanted to get political about it. We could talk about it politically. We could talk about it economically. We could talk about a conspiracy theory. We could talk about all these different angles you can talk about. We wouldn't be able to cover on this show. So with that being said, I'm not going to take uh, any of those positions. Um, but I would like to say this. When you said... Um, we need to get back to September 12, 2001. Um, and some of the reasons that you said, I totally agree with. Um, but I felt you left out some important ones, um, Skinner. The other thing that I felt that we had in 2012 was whether it was phony to some, whether it was emotions of the moment, but there was a sense of unity. When people's oh, yeah. eyes were open and they realized all this hatred and argument and fighting over you don't look like me or you don't worship like me or you don't vote like me, all that got washed away. None of it mattered. Yeah, none of it mattered. And I think a sense of really what it meant to be an American um, was in the air. I never felt such brotherhood and 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 unity with my sisters mm -hmm. out in public of every race color creed or whatever as we did at that moment and it's a shame how we have let that slip away right now um over partisan politics over the dumbest reasons in the world so i just wanted to point that out um to answer your question directly fish it's amazing how everybody's answer started off with our children and mine is no different. Um, I remember waking up and looking on the TV, and I was half out of it. I really thought I was watching a TV show. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Surreal. When, when the realization of what I was watching kicked in, I remember almost losing my breath because when I realized it was real, 
the second plane hit right in front of my eyes. And the first thing came to my mind is we're under attack. My heart went through my chest. All I could do was call my ex-wife and say, where is my son? That's all I cared about. I need to know where my son is. I need to be with him. So whatever happens, happens. I don't care about nothing else. And uh, there was a fear that I'm sure gripped everybody when we saw this. Um, we could talk about who's responsible, uh, whatever you believe. If you believe it was uh, Osama bin Laden, fine. If you believe it was a false flag, uh, whatever. The bottom line is people are gone. Uh, the destruction and the, and, the, and the probably billions, trillions, who knows. The long-term effects of it, you can't quantify. Um, people are going to be messed up for the rest of their lives. Some directly uh, affected by this. Lost, loved ones lost. Uh, what hit me the hardest was some of the ones who made the phone calls from the airplane mm. and left oh, messages yeah. or spoke to your family for the last time. I can't even imagine what that was like. So um, Skinner talked about uh, Afghanistan. Um, and you would think after what we've learned about stopping communist aggression, uh, what we learned about Hitler in Munich, that we would have learned our lessons. And it seems like history is about to repeat itself again um, with the Taliban establishing a foothold in Afghanistan. I hope not, but um, God bless America. Yeah. I'll add two guys. So just from a, you know, 60 minutes this past Sunday, uh, did a beautiful piece on, uh, the New York fire department. Some of the folks that were there that lived through it, some family members who, uh, you know, had folks that they lost. It's a really beautiful piece. Uh, so it's recommended go, go, go check that out. If, if it's of interest to you, you can see it online or go back and yeah. listen to a podcast version of whatever, but just, I listened to that today while I was working, and there was I had to pause several times and just stop everything I was doing and just listen for a little bit. Listen to some of these folks talk talk about it and reflect on it, and just kind of you know, one lady was pleading, "Don't forget this, you know, don't don't make us just a page in a history book. Really remember this yes. and what what the sacrifices were by many brave brave people, you know, and not even uh, the word." Think of right. the firemen and the police officers, Absolutely. the first responders that walked in buildings knowing they yep. were going to drop on their head. I mean, yeah. come mm -hmm. on, man. Yeah, pretty amazing. You yeah. know, that All that was a, definitely a tribute to the American spirit while there were just people just mm -hmm. went in there knowing they may not come out just to try to help help other people. It's really extraordinary. Yeah, so, real, real heroes right there. And that's when I get yeah. upset when I hear about some football player, basketball player, or whatever, you know, uh, crying <clears throat> because they got, you know, 30 million instead of 35 million, and, right. you know, talking about what they deserve. Stop. Okay. Stop. Really? Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. You're talking about, don't forget real quick and we can move on. Uh, Miss Marcy, uh, she came in, I had the news on. She's like, what are you watching? I'm like, I'm watching nine, nine 11 Memorial. And she had turned around and walked away. It's not because she wants to remember or because she's forgotten I, let me rephrase. It's not because she's forgotten what happened in 9-11. It's because she's trying not to remember how she felt 20 years ago. And that's the, that's really difficult to for anybody to to fathom. You're talking about Peyton. She was uh, 11 years or 11 months, 29 days, and however many hours old mm -hmm. yep. uh, when that happened. My Madison, uh, my fourth child she was born three days later on 9 14 her birthday is the same day as peyton she was born in 2001 so 9 11 happened on a tuesday morning madison was born on friday now, i remember saying it, facebook didn't exist and the internet really didn't exist back then it did but I remember saying to people we had a bright something bright happened in our lives to overshadow the tragedy and the darkness that, that we've been going through this week when Madison was born. But with that being said, Marcy made a point to me. She said, I don't 
ever want to remember how I felt that day because I was so angry, disturbed, upset, hurt. Scared. All the em- scared. Yeah, and scared is probably the number one emotion out of all of us, sure. including and, and, those first responders that were there. Skinner, would, would it be fair to say that we can kind of attach that feeling um, as to the recent um, COVID um, scares that we've had, even and still going on, um, especially when the quarantine happened? There was so much unknown and so much fear. And you knew at 9 11, the world was changed forever. We know now that the world has certainly changed forever um, since COVID has uh, reared its ugly head. But I find the feelings quite similar. Um, and I hear different stories. I have different people I had to cope. So everybody did, everybody wasn't like you know us. Everybody didn't have a family or whatever. Some people were in some really bad situations during the quarantine. Uh, unbelievable. My heart goes out to those who were in uh, nursing homes or, or places like that who frequently got visitors. And, you know, cut off from the rest of the world. Um, some states are still going on. And I think the feeling is quite similar um, to what we felt when, when uh, that, that horrible day on 9-11. So thanks a lot, Skinner. What a heck of a story. All right. All right. Well, let's light things up a little bit and uh, get on with some pop culture. Fish? Pop culture. All right. Well, one... <laughs> I okay. Well, I already know where keep, you're going. You, you, I said light things up a little bit, and you're gonna you knew what was coming. That's <laughs> right. We'll just we'll just we'll have one more somber story, and then we'll definitely lighten it up here. But uh, yeah, uh, again, I you know I I'm sorry. It's just if someone I recognize a show and all that I do, I do. You know, I think we all appreciate. Mm-hmm. We do want to recognize somebody for Absolutely. a body of work and in the world of uh, entertainment and. All of that. So, well, uh, before Michael you started, go ahead, before please. you started, Keith didn't think that one clearly when he said that. I did. That's I okay. did. It hit me right after. As soon as I well, saw his face, I went, "Oh my gosh, here we go!" Hey, light I things thought, up. Who died? Fish. I'm like, we could start with something more lively. Then I'm gonna come back to a death anyway. So, amazing. No, well let's just, just let's get just, out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> so, Michael Constantine was Emmy Award winning character actor. He was best known as a school principal on the '70s show Room. 222, which I remember having, I remember my parents watching that a little bit when I was a kid. And 30 years later, as the patriarch in my big fat Greek wedding, uh, he passed away uh, over the, a few days ago at age 94. So long life. I I, uh, couldn't quite place him when I saw the picture. I definitely recognize him on, uh, as a, as a, again, a character actor in different uh, shows and so forth. So uh, rest in peace, uh, Mr. Uh, Constantine. So I know, uh, Skinner, you mentioned you liked that movie. You thought he was funny in uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Oh, yeah, he was fantastic. He was the old man that walked around with a bottle of Windex. And if yeah. if you had an ailment, he sprayed the Windex on you. If there was somebody yelling at another person, he sprayed the Windex on a person yelling. It was just a... <laughs> <laughs> it was. It wasn't the fact that it was Windex. It was the point that he, the the movie or the writer, the creator of that movie was trying to make that, you know, he's trying to make things better, and his his way of doing that was with the Windex bottle. So that's what I think of when I think of Constant, Mr. Constantine, and uh, he was fantastic in that movie. Yeah, right, very good. Okay, Keith, any words on? Uh, are, you not, are you not that familiar? Yeah. With his, uh, um, yeah. Well, my my I have two thoughts of him. Um, he's one of those people. Um, like uh, a couple guys we talked about over the last couple of weeks who weren't major, major household names, but had appearances in a lot of movies and shows over the year. Um, two that stick out to me, obviously, my Big Fat Greek Wedding, which is one of my uh, favorite movies. Um, it was funny, but also, um, if you have any insight to, to the Greek people, uh, I work with a Greek gentleman. And when he was getting married and had invited me to his wedding, he had me so psyched for this wedding because he was telling me how um, his family acted in, in Greek traditions. And I thought it was so wonderful and funny and, and hilarious. And this movie was like true to everything he said. Um, and I love movies where it, you know, I, I don't like all this. Oh, I'm colorblind or we're all the same. No, we're not the same. Don't be colorblind. See me. See us. Let me see you for who you are. We have different cultures. That's what makes the world great. You know, we can talk about these things. We can make fun of these things. We can have fun with them. And to see the Greek uh, culture 
put on forefront in this movie and a humorous uh, format I thought was awesome. So I really liked that movie, liked him in that. But the role that I remember him mostly for that stuck with me was in the Stephen King movie Thinner. And he played the gypsy. Okay. Okay. I don't know if you guys recall this movie, but um, an arrogant man uh, hit a a band of gypsies. He ran over a man's wife, a gypsy man's wife. Um, He had no remorse. And the gypsy, who was played by our departed, put a curse on him. The curse of the thinner. And the man kept losing weight every day. uh, And it wouldn't stop. And uh, I remember that role very specifically. So, uh, God bless his family and uh, rest in peace. Yep. Very good. And we could all, by the way, if I may say, we all could use that curse maybe just for a week or two. <laughs> yeah, maybe, right. Maybe a week or two. I just, a week is or there two. an off button? Yeah. <laughs> Hit yeah. me with it, baby. Yeah. Just, just trim down a little bit. Then, well, his cousin, then we could, you know, his cousin put one on me. He goes bigger. Big. Uh, <laughs> so that's what's going on yep. here. <laughs> yep. Okay. Okay, in the world of actually comic books, uh, I have started to get into collecting some comic, physical comic books again a little bit here and there. It's so there's there's so many out there. It's they could be very expensive if you're not careful. I mean, it's yes. you know, five five bucks a cover, which is crazy to me. You can't get them cheaper if you order online. You could do digital comics, which is even even cheaper. I've kind of looked into some of those options. By the way, you can do a monthly subscription to Marvel Comics and have a digital subscription and have a like a a library of titles available to you. I'm kind of that's thinking about that. To me. Why yeah, don't that's you crazy. Just eat pizza with a fork. Yeah, and that's something. <laughs> Anyways, I, I still have to get the physical book. I have to get the book yes. sent to me, sit down, read hey, it. I'm a former I, I still collector. like that. I still have yeah. thousands of them. It's about the experience. Yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't let everybody hold my comics unless you were taught how to hold a comic, how to take it out the plastic, how right. to hold it and not crease it, the yep. smell of the paper yeah. and the ink. It's all about that experience, man. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at still. So, yeah, they keep rebooting the seer titles and all this and that. So, anyways, uh, upcoming is Spider-Man number 75, which is a big issue, which actually sold out where I ordered my mm-hmm. comics. So I have to figure that out. But they're bringing back the, the clone story again. So, if you know the, you know the storyline at all, back in the 70s, Spider-Man was cloned by the Jackal, popular mm-hmm. villain at the time. Uh, and the clone disappeared. And they keep bringing the clone back. And they named the clone Ben. Well, actually, he named himself Ben Riley after Uncle Ben. Mm-hmm. And I believe I believe Riley was Aunt May's maiden name, if I'm not mistaken. There, so that's where okay. he got the name Ben Riley. He comes back. He had his own separate uh, storyline for a while. That was like a red Spider-Man, like a hoodie with a spider. If you remember that image or not, but that was Ben Riley. He lived in Texas for a while. All this and that. You know, but apparently now, at 75, he's coming back again. And all I know is he's going to assume the mantle of Spider-Man in place of Peter Parker. Obviously, it'll be temporary. I just thought it was an interesting storyline. So if you haven't gotten into the comics lately, it's a very interesting storyline for the Amazing Spider-Man coming up with issue 75 here coming up. I think it comes out in November, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, also, in the world of Marvel, uh, the What If series on Disney Plus continues to be terrific. The last Wednesday was my personal uh, long-awaited zombie episode. I won't give any spoilers here, but you know, bottom line is a zombie virus gets into uh, you know, in, into humans, and then uh, some of the Marvel heroes get infected. And as you might imagine, when a superhero gets infected, it's very, very hard to stop a zombie superhero so zombie iron man or something like that would be pretty powerful zombie and infects uh, a lot of the earth and there are a band of heroes that have survived and are trying to find a cure so it's a very interesting story that had comic book stories for the marvel zombies go check those well, out what if you're a zombie fish. fan go ahead please Since i'm a little bit behind um then i was sick and uh, skinner's a little bit behind uh with the shang chi how about next week we review all that? That's fine. Perfect. Yeah. So definitely recommend it. Go check that out. Uh, making some story uh, stories now, uh, the last couple of days here, somebody posed on social media to uh, a, a McDonald's uh, feed, what is Grimace? 
So you might know Grimace as that big purple mm. creature in the McDonald's uh, about universe. Me? <laughs> <laughs> so no one knew what it was. So his this manager in Canada came back and responded to this person, and now it's taken off uh, virally uh, that Grimace is a taste bud. Wow. A, a taste bud walking around. I don't know that it's been confirmed by the official McDonald's corporation, mind you. This is it could be this guy's opinion, but it's freaking out a lot of people thinking that a portrayal of a taste bud walking around and interacting and if you think <laughs> about that, a, a taste bud would constantly be tasting. Whatever whatever wherever you are, you're walking around, you'd be t- you step on the ground, would you be tasting the ground okay. you touch somebody would you be so it's a whole weird thing with what the grimace deal is i think it's hilarious the whole <laughs> you know concept he's a taste but unfortunately we can't argue against them because we've never heard any different that's right um so maybe he is because i don't have a clue what he is um you know all the other characters were definitive you know hamburglar and and so on so i don't know maybe he is i don't know where the, Maybe it's because of the source, you know. This guy's a manager. It's not somebody coming from the McDonald's Corporation or something like that. That would have a little bit more, um, you know, uh, legitimacy to it. So I don't know. But I don't see what the big deal is. It's kind of weird, creepy, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, if you're into this sort of thing, just go, go search it on social media. You'll definitely see some hilarious commentary and tweets about Grimace. It's actually pretty funny. So it's just, you know, if you're looking to kill a little bit of time and just turn off your brain and just read some funny commentary about what people think about uh, this guy saying Grimace is the taste, but it's actually uh, a, a pretty pretty amusing. I could just see the memes coming out from this. Oh, my gosh. It's, yeah, it's going to be fun for a while. Speaking of, the last story I have here, uh, then we'll let you get to music and sports, Keith. Speaking of social media, very nice story out there. Go look this up. I found it on the today.com site. Uh, I look up every week this week in pop culture to get some ideas for some of the headlines here. And a nice story popped up here this week. Uh, social media influence. So these are these are called grand influencers mm-hmm. instead of grandparents. So they're social media influencers in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. And some of these folks are just acquiring millions of followers having a good time with this and some talk about they have their some younger family members or somebody, you know, kind of helping them with it a little bit. Just, just some of the, some of the storylines are just, it was a very nice, it's a polar opposite story of the terrible 9-11 yeah. tragedy. So you should reflect on that. You should do that. But if you if you, after reflecting on that, if you want something hearted as a counterbalance, this is definitely an option for you. Uh, I got a scenario about, for you. Go ahead. Uh, an influencer in her seventies goes on Tinder and reaches out to this particular drummer and uh, wants to learn how to play drums. I think it's a pretty interesting story. Mm. Mm. She's an influencer, all right. <laughs> a grand influencer, all right. She's trying to influence. We'll see what happens. But uh, you know, one of the stories is like it's four guys in their late sixties to late seventies, or four gay gay gentlemen, and they answer questions that people ask them. Like you know, they're just trying to answer current event type questions, like pop culture type questions, and it's just I mean, funny, I guess. Gay? They're gay. It's just because they're older gentlemen, and it's just funny that they ask them questions and they don't know the answers. So you can find them on TikTok. They're called the old gays. You know, self self themed group. Uh, other ladies are yeah. There's one lady is a is it does fitness stuff for older folks. One uh, lovely woman uh, planted a very beautiful garden, and it's like her granddaughter or somebody said or daughter, no, teenage granddaughter. Her teenage granddaughter said, "You know, we ought to put your garden on social media." And she's like, "Sure," and then it just, it just takes off. So it's just nice to see some folks that you know. This is a medium where they maybe. They, never been even barely exposed to it yeah but they're they're able to express some creativity and fun and create a little bit of celebrity uh for themselves and it's nice to see the young folks helping how's that tied in there that's what i'm a little bit confused about 
The what now? The whole gay thing. How's that tied into this? They're just four gay friends, and it's just they. Let's see. It's just they. They answer questions about different stuff. That's just funny because they're. Uh, let's see here. Are any of your they, questions about them being gay? I don't know. It says uh, there are four friends. The, the youngest is they have a, they have two point two million followers, including Rihanna. Uh, they have an endorsement deal with Grinder as they delight fans with their clueless answers to pop culture questions. So it's just it's just it's just they call them they are gay men, and then they just happen to call themselves that. And okay, it's just a I, way to I'm gain not popularity. busting your chops. I was just trying to make a point. Is like, why does your sexual orientation have anything to do with with these stories? That's what I was trying to figure out. I don't know. I have no idea. It's just it's, it's just what they call themselves. You know, we, we're we're doing a story here. You know, Fisher might like women. You know, I might like seventy-one-year-olds. Sure. Whatever. Everybody's different. You know. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we didn't ask. Okay. <laughs> okay. I thought those stories were very nice. I love the pictures that you showed earlier. They're very, very, very nice. Sports. Okay, guess what, folks? The NFL is back. Football is back. And with that being said, I'd like to make an announcement. Reality football will be back. Uh, look for the first segment to be popping up um, on our Facebook site, uh, Reality Football. Also, the sub-sites like YouTube and whatnot. Um, reality Football, I think it's hashtag Reality Football, if I'm not mistaken. Hashtag Rally Football one, but anyway, um, the format course not going to be like it has been in the past, but we will be having excerpts for the show uh, popping up on our site. Uh, with that being said, the excitement about football being back in America has been welcomed um, on an unprecedented scale. The fans being back in the stands um, has been something that has uh, been long overdue. The thing about when we go through these these things, um, we got a taste of it. We talked about 9-11. A lot of events were canceled for a few days that we got America back on track. Um, the thing that we cherish in America the most seems to be the American way, our way of living. Um, and somebody might say, well, you know, in the event of tragedy, why is a baseball game or a football game uh, important? Well, it is because screw you. That's how we felt about, you know, those responsible for that bombing. Because screw you. We're going to play football. We're going to play baseball. You are not going to stop us from living uh, the American way. And so that's why these events are important. It's not about football being more important than lives lost or anything like that. But it's about that we are not going to let somebody destroy who we are and Americans in the face of this pandemic have been dying to get back to a sense of normalcy. Um, that feeling of the things that sometimes you might take for granted, like being in a football stand, eating a hot dog, um, screaming for your favorite team. That was taken away last year. And it was rough to watch a whole football season uh, with empty stands. I watched pro wrestling with empty seats and video screens up everywhere. And it was like, wow, is this what it's coming to? Um, that was not an easy feeling. So with that being said, uh, and the announcement about reality football, just a couple of things. Uh, we are in Northeast Ohio here. For those of you who do not know, um, you can see behind Skinner's head, the Buckeye helmet. Um, our beloved Buckeyes lost a season opener. Uh, was a ranked team, number 12, Oregon. But uh, surely it was shocking. It was a shock heard around the football world. We were ranked number three. I believe now we are ranked 11. Um, this really kind of hurt, but I think it was a good thing. And I'm going to say what I got to say and just quick comments from you guys. Uh, I think it was a good thing because one, we have a kind of a new team. Receiving core is old, uh, but we've got new defensive guys. We have a new quarterback, freshman, mind you, and we have a new freshman running back who, who is going to be sensational. And I think this was the best thing could ever happen to us to shake this team up, to galvanize this team. Um, and it happened early enough that they can win out, win the, win, uh, the Big Ten, play the Big Ten championship, and still be in pretty good shape. If there are to be anything uh, competitive on the level of an Alabama or so, I think this was the best thing that could have ever happened to them. Skinner? 
Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, could have. I'm glad it happened now versus later. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a wake up call for not only the players and what we call Buckeye Nation, but certainly the coaching staff. Because uh, as everybody knows, I'm a huge Buckeye honk, right? And um, I I was very apparent or I was very explicit on Facebook talking about the game that. I put the blame on the coaches. The coaches lost that game. The kids didn't. They said we have a 19-year-old quarterback freshman playing his second collegiate game in front of 100,000 fans at home. Anybody's going to be geeked out of their minds for that. Like you said, we've got a couple running backs that are freshmen. Yeah, We've got a young defense that uh, is still trying to get their feet wet and um, – the coaching was atrocious on Saturday. So uh, that being said, they're going to win out. I'm not worried. You know, we've lost games before. I think we lost in 2014 in week number two, and I think it worked out pretty well for us after that. So, Okay, all right. Fair enough. Um, I don't know if I agree with your assessment of just the coaching staff. Um, I think a lot of the young players, and this is, it happens a lot, Think just because you got Ohio State on your jersey, you're going to win. And don't know what it takes to actually go out and win a hard-fought football team, uh, football game against a quality football team like Oregon. And it's hard to, to know that. Stroud's never been in a big game. Like you said, he had his second game. Um, he did great on the road. Uh, you know, that's a heck of a way to open up. He was horrible the first half, kept his composure. I thought he was dynamic the second half. And then here you are at home with the fans back in the stands. So this was his first home game in front of a huge crowd. We were talking about 100,000-plus at the Horseshoe. And a lot of kids, you know, they know we're Ohio State. We're ranked number three. They think that alone will win you football games. But it takes being ready every week. I think that's the thing I like about Ryan Day. Unlike some of the Urban Meyer seasons, he had them ready every single week because we always had that letdown game with Urban Meyer, you know, where we just walked into somewhere thinking we're going to destroy a Penn State or, or and then we get our butts kicked, Iowa or something. So uh, I think the players um, needed a kick in the head understanding. I don't care what your jersey says. You got to be ready to play because Oregon was intense. Oregon was physical. They talked a lot about their head coach. Uh, was accepted to the CIA. He was a really tough guy. Translated that to their practices. I don't know, but they were ready to play, and we weren't. Fish? Yeah, I, mean, I can't say much more than uh, what you guys already said. This is actually the second game, for, but the first home game. They a lot, mm-hmm. I, I think they went from third to ninth, uh, but still, that you're right. They're, they're gonna have, okay, I saw 11 today, so I don't might, I, might have been I, a different I, I, I could be wrong, but it's still. Mm-hmm. They have to win out and... Hope that some other things happen, and uh, you know if that was not a wake up call, I don't know. I don't know what. Yeah. Uh, what I saw is. comments from Stroud today, which uh, sounded like the, the the comments of a leader, and uh, I think he's going to be something special um, down the road. So, also let's get a little to the professional level, being in Northeast Ohio too. Uh, the Cleveland Browns. Um, there was every team that opened the season with so much promise. Uh, it, the Cleveland Browns, I tell you, after going. 11-5 and five last year, defeating their arch rivals in the playoffs, destroying my beloved Pittsburgh Steelers, losing only to uh, uh, Kansas City by five points in the playoffs. The expectations this year were through the roof. They came out like a team possessed and smacked around the AFC champions, uh, Kansas City Chiefs. And I don't know what happened true to, to Cleveland fashion, just a, one or two mistakes with a team like that, and it cost them the game. Skinner? Yeah. Uh, the, I had posted something or I had said something that uh, you can't beat uh, Mahomes only scoring one touchdown in two and a half quarters. You just and, and, and turnovers, stupid mistakes. Can't do it. Yeah, a punter dropping the, the ball uh, and a, on the only punt of the game, and he drops the ball. Yeah. <laughs> um, they said, what is it, the first time that the team has scored six or had 605 yards of total offense and lose in the NFL. i never seen anything um, like it. Yeah, it was It was not the typical or the old, this isn't the same old Browns. They just happened to lose yesterday like the same old Browns, if that right, makes sense. Right, right. That's, that's, that's fair. That's fair. For right now, I will agree with that. 
Um, I think this is going to be something to reckon with. Their their offensive line is outstanding. Uh, their running game is outstanding. Uh, Baker Mayfield, like him or not, he plays with an attitude that travels throughout the rest of the team. And like I said, they marched up and down the field on Kansas City like, we don't give a crap who you are. Um, but just a couple of small mistakes. You know, I don't want to separate the punter from the team because he is part of the team. But it just sucks that a special teams person cost them such a pivotal field position and a t eventual touchdown. So uh, that offensive line, that running game is going to serve them well defensively. Uh, man, you can see the clowny um, Garrett combination, what that could be down the road, something special as well. Fish? Yeah, that one play, those two literally sandwiched Mahomes at the same time in that one sack. Yeah. They got there at the so exact you, you same time. You got a vision, time. though, and this is going to be something, man. Yeah, well, if, yeah, just uh, the. Uh, sorry. I. We lost our, our okay. visuals for Fisher. There he I, is. I, I, literally, right. I literally had to hang up on my mother. Damn, decline. <laughs> okay. Right there, right there on, on video. No, but uh, it, it, but Cleveland, it, it, on a positive sense, like three, three, four years ago, they would not have even – they didn't they belonged in the stadium with the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, I'll question you, right. But now they're showing they do belong on the field with a two-time defending AFC uh, champion. And, and the best, the best yeah. September coach in history, Andy Reid. Yeah, right. Mahomes is undefeated. The numbers were just yeah. insane. And Cleveland, the numbers on opening day, I don't know if you saw that, was absolutely They're abysmal. embarrassing. And if you look at Andy Reid's numbers, even yeah. back with Philadelphia in September, just outstanding. Okay, so I wanted to cover the Steelers game. We'll do that with reality football. Because of time, I want to move on to music news. Music. Um, a lot of things going on. Our history and music. This day in music. Um, I'm teaching this in my music class right now. 1960. Um, a lot of people don't know what payola was. Sorry. Okay, thank you. Uh, payola. Uh, I asked Fish about it, and uh, he thought it was something that you smoke. He was thinking of peyote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll let you know where his mind is, folks. I don't know. But this, this day of music, 1960, the Federal Communications Act in the USA was amended to outlaw payments of cash or gifts in exchange for airplay of records. This is uh, significant. Payola was basically record executives walking into uh, DJ booths, paying DJs money to play their records. And because those records got paid, not only did it bring artists to the forefront who might not have ever been heard before, but it pushed artists behind that did not get heard uh, because of this. Uh, unfortunately, that was a lot of black artists um, in that list. How could music have possibly been changed if it wasn't for a, such a thing as payola, fish? Yeah, it's it's it, it's pretty in, uh, interesting when you think about it, but it makes a lot of sense, I guess, as far as you know, paying off DJs to play because obviously it's, that's what you had. You had either what you bought or you had what's on the radio to encourage you to go buy some stuff here. So sure, nobody uh, heard Big Mama Thornton's version of Hound Dog. Nope, you know, but, but Elvis recorded it. Oh, Elvis wrote a song Hound Dog and it was a big hit. Right, yep. Skinner. Yeah, I I agree. After finding out what that what actually that was all about, it makes complete sense. You know, you have to we're in the mindset of the two thousands, but you have to go back to the fifties and sixties and mm -hmm. go back to that mindset that they didn't have the technology that we have. Right. You know, they they pounded pavement is what we used to call it yes, when they you did. needed to when you need to go look for a job when we were kids. We pounded the pavement. We didn't go online to look for wanted ads mm. or we looked in a newspaper. We went door to door saying, hey, do you need some work? So you got a job for me? That's how we paved, you know, we pounded pavement. And that's what these guys did. These artists did back then as well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, mostly the executives are the ones who did it. They had the money. They had somebody they thought could be a star. Uh, they bought their airplay is basically what they did. They bought their airplay. Um Music business is totally different nowadays. Um, it's all about how much you can sell and promote yourself online out of the trunk of your car. And if they see a number uh, that hits a certain goal that they see, if you can sell 10000 maybe they can sell 100000 uh, That's how you get record deals. So, uh, But back then, man, it was really, really something different. A lot of artists got shortchanged because of this. 
a lot of artists we heard of that we might have never heard of because of this. So it kind of works both ways. All right, guys, this day in music, 1985, MTV Music Awards, best group vocal, um, a song that was heard across the world, USA for Africa, We Are the World. This craze, uh, it wasn't the first one. There was uh, Bob Geldof had actually started uh, the Funds for Africa uh, with some of the British artists at first. Um, the Christmas song, um, Let Them Know It's Christmas Time was recorded. and uh, But when USA for Africa, uh, We Are the World came out, it was something that just captivated everybody. We saw some of our favorite pop, rock, uh, country stars all in one room for the first time. Not to mention it's a great song. You can't help but singing it. Um, of course, the great Michael Jackson and uh, uh, producer. Um, help me out here, guys. Uh uh, was Billy, is Billy was producer? I can't believe I'm drawing a blank here. But anyway, I can't help uh, you. <laughs> it'll come to me in a second. Uh, this was something special to see. You guys remember that song? I would change the world. Your thoughts, Skinner? You know, it's funny you bringing this up, and maybe that's why this episode was on. I had reruns on earlier today. It's a show called The Goldbergs. It really, I don't know if anybody's heard of yeah, that show or watched absolutely. it. I love it. It's an epitome of the 80s. And mm -hmm. yes. this particular episode, they were, they were talking, they had showed the video, We Are the World. And the, 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 the glimpse of the video that they showed, they had Kenny Rogers, Kenny Loggins, and Billy Joel right next to each other. Talk about star studded. Uh, a star-studded event. When you saw those three in that same picture, and then there was there were fifty of them. You know, you had yeah. I could go on names, you know, forever on that. But uh, sure, you had Tina it, Turner. Uh, yeah, uh, what's her name? Uh, Dan with, uh, Lou Albano. Yeah, um, Cindy Lauper. Yeah. She's yeah. It, uh, Michael Quincy Jones is the producer. I was trying to think of Quincy. Quincy Jones. Jones. There you go. Yeah. So I remember it when it happened. It brought goosebumps to my arms being a sure. you know, musician, yeah, someone who loves music like I do. And we'll I hear that song every so often, and I still get the same feeling, truthfully. Yeah. Steve Perry, uh, some of the great names. Uh, mm -hmm. People who we didn't have a clue why they were there. Dan Aykroyd, uh, of course. You know, Huey Lewis was there. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Robin Williams was there, too, wasn't he? I don't remember calling Robin Williams. I could be wrong. No, he wasn't there. Uh, of course, the only person who wasn't there was Prince, who could not make it, and that would have really made it something special. Of course, this 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 traveled through all other genres of music. The uh, heavy metal world responded with a song uh, produced by Ronnie James Dio called "We're Stars." Awesome. Uh, um, mm -hmm. Dual drums, Frankie Benali and Vinnie Apice. Some of the greatest guitar solos. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the voices of Jeff Tate. Uh, Rob Halford, I mean, Rob Benichetti. I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on. Very, very, very awesome. And this really, really sparked something. Very special time in our life growing up. Okay. All right, guys, moving on. Also, 1986, uh, the song at number one was Take My Breath Away by the group Berlin. And coincidentally enough, on the B side of this song was You've Lost That Loving Feeling by the uh, Righteous Brothers. Both of these songs were from the movie Top Gun. Top Gun Part 2 is coming out here very soon. Somehow this movie has such a huge cult following. I think it is the corniest movie I have ever seen in my freaking life. It is so bougie and full of crap. What? You know, top, I what? just don't buy Tom Cruise is this tough dude, even though I like him in Reacher. I just, oh my gosh, I feel the need, the need for speed. I hate But this you movie. didn't enjoy Why the. Is this, what? You didn't enjoy the four guys in, in jeans playing beach volleyball with their shirts off? Come on now. That part was good. I like blue jeans. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. Why is the following so huge of this movie, Skinner? I think it's just for that reason. They had Val Kilmer and. Um, uh, Green, uh, what's his name? I like uh, the Jets. <laughs> and Tom Cruise. I, I think it was the cast is why it's such a cult following. I mean, it had a bunch of a bunch of people was in that movie. Uh, the story was good. The acting was terrible. 
It was a star-studded. That's why. That's why it's it's taken a test of time. And it's a military movie. At the yeah. end of the day, a lot of military movies, if if they at all have a good story, they're going to test it, take the test of time. All right, bitch. Yeah, Helen and I talked about this movie on Sunday because it was on uh, you know the on the radio on one of the uh, uh, top forty reruns, uh, and she's like, I. Tom Cruise is a jerk in this movie. I'm like, you know what? He really is. He's like, he's, he's got, yeah. he's got Kelly McGillis, a sweet lady, and he doesn't, he doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't treat her right. It's, I guess mm-hmm. it's a whole rom- supposed to be a romantic type movie. I don't know. But great, great, great soundtrack. I agree. Great, great soundtrack. Kenny Loggins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's a great ter- song. Ter- great terrific, song. Yeah. terrific soundtrack at the very least. So yeah. Okay. All right, uh, real quick, guys, because of time, I'm just going to go through these stories real quick. 1991, Nirvana had a party celebrating, uh, sounds like Team Spirit hit number one, got kicked out of their own party for starting a food fight. Of course, we talked about this song, uh, this this whole movement, this album, Kill, the, 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 the glam metal, the hair metal world, uh, as we know it. Um, Which at the time, we, as we said before, probably needed to happen because at the time it was getting a little bit it, too yeah, crazy. Yeah, I, w- I, w- I would agree. Uh, I just hate what replaced it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate the whole grunge. Oh, my life sucks so bad. I'm not going to wash my hair. Let's all wear striped shirts and let's stink. I just stop it already. I, I just hated the whole movement. Yeah. Uh, some great music came out of it. Um, 1996. Uh, very, very huge uh event this day tupac shakur was allegedly shot and killed uh he died after being shot six days earlier when he was driving through las vegas 13 bullets were fired to his bmw the incident was blamed on east west coast gang wars shakur was convicted sex offender guilty of sexual abuse after serving 11 months of his sentence he was released from prison on an appeal financed by Suge Knight. And, of course, Suge helped make him a household name. Uh, my brother introduced me to Tupac Shakur. And I was like, man, I don't want to hear this crap. I don't want to hear this crap. And he kept singing the songs. And I was like, man, these lyrics are deep. And he was telling me how deep this guy was. And I started listening to him. And ever since then, he has been my favorite rapper of all time. I've heard nobody... If you, his lyrics are unbelievable. His lyrics are so deep that, and I believe it's one of the California, I think USC, one of the California colleges has a class hmm. on Tupac Shakur's lyrics. Know anything about Tupac? Thoughts of Philly's Fish? I can't really speak to it. I'm not that familiar with his stuff. I know, obviously, I know who he is, but uh, I'll take your word for it. I'll have to go go back and listen to some of his stuff. Yeah, uh, I'll based see on some of his lyrics, alone. man. Are just, yeah. man, deep, man. Deep, yep. deep. Skinner? I'm in the same boat with Fish. I, I know who he is. I know the story, but I've never listened to his music. Okay. Well, we'll follow up on that. Um, one of the greatest, if not the greatest ever. Um, this day, two, 2019, two years ago, guys, we lost a great rock and roller, Eddie Money. Mm. Um, a guy, he wasn't about the, the looks and the and the love songs. He was just a rock and roller. You know, he had that droll voice, that stance, like he's kind of hunched over, and he played the sax. That's one of the greatest. Eddie Money, Skinner. Great individuals. His music will stand a test of time. Uh, trendsetter, if you can call him a trendsetter, because he Absolutely. was not the typical. No, he was not. Fish? Fun music. I saw him uh, once or twice at the Tangier Restaurant in Akron. Oh, oh cool. Fun concert. Oh, yeah. Good time. So, yeah, good, yeah, good music. Nice. Okay, and this day, mu- uh, music, happy birthday um, to a guy near and dear to our hearts, the great Tim Ripper Owens, Timmy as he is known to us. Um, he is not just a huge figure in the heavy metal world, but he is our friend, our high school classmate. Tim Ripper Owens born this day. For those of you who don't know, Tim Ripper Owens uh, went to our beloved Kenmore High School here in Akron. Um, his favorite band was the band Judas Priest. He idolized Rob Halford. Um, years later, when the band scene exploded here in Akron, Timmy found himself in a Judas Priest tribute band by the name of British Steel, traveled across the country, sounded just like him, incredible throat. And when Rob Halford left the band, someone sent a tape to Judas Priest. They thought it was a recording. They couldn't believe it. They got a hold of him, flew him overseas, he sang two lines of uh, uh, 
I can't even think of the song. My favorite song to play by them too. But he played two, sang two lines of the song, and they stopped. Next thing you know, he was the lead singer of the band Judas Priest. It was a dream come true. Movie was made, basically loosed on that, called Rockstar. Yep. Um, and he has become an icon in the uh, genre since Skinner. Yeah, happy birthday, Tim. Uh, I didn't know him personally, but I knew of him in school. Uh, you know, I've had the pleasure of seeing him uh, with Fisher. Uh, we've been to a couple of shows. One uh, was, I remember vividly was up at the Cleveland Agora. Uh, we got to see him perform with uh, Anthrax was the opening up for him. That was a great show. Uh, Tim's a great guy. He lived there on great 14- guy. It's been a mini Shared many stages with him. Uh, my band and his band, Winter's Bane, did a lot of concerts together. Um, mm-hmm. I've also, every time his band, U.S. Metal, played uh, Rob's Crossroads, I got up and got to play a few songs with them. Uh, great guy. Fish. Yeah, Tim, he d- never forgot his roots. Never forgot where, never. He, where he came from. Uh, great guy. And then actually, I think it was, it might have been the day he heard he got the gig. It was sur- shortly thereafter. Cooper and I had a party. And we we had a, a a duplex that was down the street from his mom and dad's house where he grew up, so mm-hmm. he he was over there visiting. So we can say that Cooper and I had the lead singer of Judas Priest attend one of our parties back <laughs> okay. in the day in Kenmore, Ohio. <laughs> but yeah, Tim's a great guy. You walk up to him today, say hello. He will talk to you. Great music, and he's also in that new KK's Priest KK yes. Downing. Great stuff. There's a video uh, for that. And new music. For check anybody that out. who's anybody. Yes. He sang for him. Yeah, check, um, check out that. It's good, good very stuff wanted. there. Yeah. Yeah. Very wanted. Happy birthday to you, Tim. And with that being said, that is our show. So, Fish, why don't you take us home? Because we just lost Skinner. <laughs> All right. So, we're going to uh, fid you bear well again uh, this week here. Uh, so, for uh, Michael Skinner, Keith Porter, I'm Brian Fisher. We thank you for tuning in to It Came From Gen X. And tune in again next week and look for our page and all that for the segments on reality football that Keith mentioned. Yes. We'll get back into some of the voices where we all started here with Keith's idea, and here we are. So tune in next week till it came from Gen X. Stay strong, Gen X.